Hey, what's up, evil maniacs? Um, check this out. So we're doing another episode on my balcony, and as it, as soon as we hit record, construction started. So you might hear it in the background, but only faintly. I apologize, but it was annoying. But uh, it won't be a big deal. You won't even hear it. I shouldn't have even done this. Thanks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Evil Reggae Evil Men! It's our signature. We are Canada's number one comedy reggae podcast. <laughs> Back again <laughs> from Northwest Toronto. <laughs> playing all the reggae hits and having all the hot reggae chat. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Reggae Mike. <laughs> and I'm your other host, uh, James Reggae. <laughs> You know, you guys are both reggae lovers. Yeah, I never got you. into it, and I feel like yeah. the odd guy out here. Well, don't be shy is what I would say, James. If you're feeling, if you walk into the reggae store and you don't know where to start, just <laughs> start picking up records, take them home, listen. You're going to find yeah. something you like, mostly from the 70s. A little context for the listeners. We're on my balcony again at my house outside. Nice autumn breeze is coming uh, through the down the pike. It's... Uh, Summer's ending, and I believe autumn is beginning just today. Yeah, and we ate a nice sushi lunch together. The three mm-hmm. uh, hosts, uh, Mike, James, and I, we ate a bunch of sushi, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, a little bit of beef uh, gyoza as well. And we listened to an album by Doctor Alimentado, "Best Dressed Chicken," classic reggae album. <laughs> that's why we got reggae in our blood. Yeah. So, um, but that's not what the episode's about. No, no, it's no, not no, about no. a reggae guy. Whatever. No, no, no. So, so are the reggae masters like? Are we talking like Mighty Mighty Boss tones? Um... Well, they're for sort of later in the day. <laughs> they're more the, from the classic Massachusetts reggae scene, <laughs> um, which I don't know a ton about, uh, Chris. I think you know more about the Massachusetts reggae scene than I do. This is the uh, this is my impression of the Dickie Barrett from Mighty Mighty Boss tones, <laughs> the singer. Hey, this is the idea that I think. <laughs> Someday there's going to be uh, something that I know. Here's my impression. Had Bob Marley lived to see the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones happen? And this is my impression. Bob Marley standing on the side of the stage watching Dickie Barrett singing, like, is the impression that I get? And this is yeah. what Bob Marley says. What the heck is this guy doing? Yeah. Oh. And uh, they did it. The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. No, he would have loved them. They did a cover of Simmer Down. Right. Simmer Down. <laughs> <laughs> I can't simmer down, Dickie Barry. Your voice is scaring the shit out of me. Simmer down, Boston. No, I would say the hottest reggae singers ever. My favorites. Mike and I will trade off. I like the DJ Big Youth. Oh, okay. check out Big Youth. 
<clears throat> okay. Big Youth is great. Another DJ, Dennis Al Capone. Dennis Al Capone. Dillinger. Dillinger. Uh, Lone Ranger. Now, mm-hmm. you might think we're talking about criminals of yesteryear, <laughs> but sometimes they, the DJs, would take on those names. Yeah, because I'm hearing those names and I'm thinking, well, I don't want to listen to these guys. They yeah. sound bad. No. No, yeah. I guess they're just doing a they're joke. Good. Yeah. <laughs> There, yeah. Well, you know what the the early reggae had a rebel spirit because Jamaica was uh, breaking off on its own independently, and I think yeah, we got also Lee Scratch Perry. They always like name their albums after like Clint Eastwood, and <laughs> they just liked rebels. They liked guys yeah. that did it their own way and had Tommy guns, I guess, and shot everybody up. <laughs> I wonder if there's yeah. any reggae uh, singers named after the Rebel, the Ezra Levant Canadian right wing news network. <laughs> There's probably a reggae group in London, Ontario right now. <laughs> yeah, the people. The Ezra Levant skanking for <laughs> Silver Down. No, Dickie Barrett seems like a good guy. Dickie Barrett seems like a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a podcast called Good Guys, and we just list off who seems like a good guy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mao Zedong. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Seems Jackson, like a good guy. Seems like a good guy. Um, uh, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Seems, seems like a good like guy. A good, Colin Hanks. Colin Hanks. Seems yep. like he a good really guy. does. Yeah. 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 Him and uh, Chet are like really split down the middle. You know what someone told but me? But Chet doesn't seem that bad. He seems like a goof. Uh, I don't know. Or is he bad? I found out that Colin is from a, a different mother and chet is from rita wilson wait so they do have different mom- tom was moms. hanking around with his you know what and he has kids with different women yes okay. rita you did that lovely rita Ooh, what'd you do um lovely rita chet hanks well, <laughs> i hope when i said reggae sushi or whatever i said yeah it didn't sound like how chet hanks co-ops the reggae voice that is <laughs> no no the patois you stuff you were good He's not. Was the U.S. withdrawal from funny. Afghanistan part or the end of his prediction of white boy summer? <laughs> what was? Was the withdrawal from Af- Afghanistan part of white boy summer? I think so. I think that's why they came home to hang out with Chet Hanks. Yeah, was that correct that, that it was a white boy summer? Do you think? I mean, <sighs> I never noticed. Yeah, I didn't really notice. No, I mean, if White Boy Summer, I have, I would have to look into it, but if by saying it's going to be White Boy Summer, if he meant there's going to be a lot of climate disasters, <laughs> uh, some refugee problems, yeah. crises. Yeah. COVID, uh, uh, COVID spikes again. Yeah, and, uh, if that's America. what he meant, then he was right on the money, but it's, it's hard to tell. Yeah. yeah, I honestly think it's still too early in our ginormous shift to progressive... Social ideas and politics to try and brazenly declare that it's white boy anything yeah. right now. It was now. a bold move. Yeah. It was a yeah. really bold move that could have gone badly. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised. You know? <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, he kind of got away with it because I think uh, I saw even like people of color, friends that we have online, like, t- pl- like cheerfully teasing about it. Like, yeah. it wasn't like a- he somehow charmed his way out of the anger. The backlash. Yes. As far as I saw There's online. a lot of people who could not pull off saying it's going to be a white uh, no. guy's Ezra summer. Levant. <laughs> and everybody yeah. in London, Ontario. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maxim Bernier. Vince Maxim Vaughn. It's going to be uh, a white boy summer. <laughs> if James that sounded <laughs> like Inspector Clouseau. <laughs> <laughs> it's white boy summer. If... 
if James Hetfield of Metallica was like, hey, everybody's going to be a white boy summer, that would be scary. <laughs> That'd be white dangerous. boy summer, oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say your prayers, little one. I'm scared. What's this song about? It's about going to bed <laughs> at night, even. Too scary, Metallica. So the first draft of this song, it's called, a, it's a, you know, it's a placeholder as a name, but I wrote a song called Goodnight Moon. <laughs> and that song is what became Enter Sandman. Say goodnight to the moon. Say goodnight to shit in your room. Don't forget I love you. So Enter Sandman once I go to sleep? That's right. Are you afraid? And what does the Sandman do? He gives you dreams. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> Hellraiser 3. Enter just Sandman, I guess. Yeah. I, I wonder what... It's the stupidest song You're on the right. planet. I'm at but the it lyrics. sounds awesome. But it's literally about, you're going to bed, little boy. <laughs> it's, it's changed the, whole, the way an I entire generation looked at going to bed. No, taking a nap. <clears throat> yeah, our generation. I never fucking went to sleep after the Black God, album came God, out. I didn't sleep for three years, man. <laughs> it does just <laughs> seem like a boy having a bad dream. The yeah. song goes, uh, yeah. say your prayers, little one. Yeah. Don't forget, my son, to include everyone. I tuck you in, warm within, <laughs> keep you free from sin till the Sandman comes. That seems ominous. I would never say that to a child that I was putting to bed. This I didn't actually realize these were the lyrics. Something's wrong, shut the light, heavy thoughts tonight. And they aren't of Snow White. Yeah. <laughs> That's really lame. Dreams of war, dreams of liar, dreams of, dreams of dragon's fire, and of things that will bite. Oh, There's a part yeah. in the song, too, where they say the prayer yeah. before you go to bed. Yeah, that was and lame. And he says it, and a little boy says as it. So I goes, lay me down yeah. to sleep. <laughs> Pray to God. As I lay me down to sleep. As I lay me down to sleep. <laughs> Pray the Lord my soul to keep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. <laughs> picture James Hetfield just wearing headphones, his long hair, and he's like holding a can of Heineken saying the prayer in the recording studio. <laughs> yeah, he's holding a little rosary. <laughs> and then they get Robin Williams as Jack to do the kid part. <laughs> Pray the Lord my soul to keep. That's Robin oh, Williams. Was that me? Down to sleep. Oh. Yeah. oh. Yeah. yeah. Afraid to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't be afraid to go to sleep. Band meeting. We need to have we need to have a prayer in this song. That's my Lord, Lars Ulrich uh, impersonation. We need a prayer in this song. What, what prayer are we going to do? The Lord's Prayer? We're going to do that. The, sounds uh, like Woody Allen. Well, he's saying, he, the, the, yes. <laughs> he doesn't kind of sound like that. He sounds pretty intense. Like, I just got back from playing tennis, and now we got to put the Lord's Prayer in this song. <laughs> yeah. My dad wants us to put the Lord's Prayer in the song. We've got to put the Lord's Prayer in the song. <laughs> or else he won't fund uh, my new t- tennis sneakers. <laughs> I feel like he plays tennis all the time he for some reason. Have, he does have a tennis vibe. Growing up, my brother Terrence was a huge Metallica fan, still is. I think he's seen them three or four times. But he had a bunch of, like, from magazines, like, heavy metal magazines, like, pictures, posters of Metallica on the wall. And there was, like, a bunch of them as a band, or, like, playing live. But one of them right beside his bed was a color poster of Lars and his father. So just Lars and his old Danish uh, tennis player father who's got like long white hair and a big white beard. Wait, I didn't know that. His dad's a, f- a famous dad tennis a, player? I, I, oh, that's I how I knew so. it then. Because I watched some kind of monster. Yeah, his dad's in it. His dad was, I believe, a champion, tennis wow. champion in Denmark? If not that's abroad. crazy. And he yeah. would go to sleep and have nightmares. Yeah. Lars, go to sleep or else you want to play tennis. <laughs> 
Say your prayers. How do you do that accent? Say your prayers to the tennis man. <laughs> I don't know. We'll cut that part. Enter tennis man. And Lars was born in Denmark. Yeah, he's an immigrant, James. I had no idea. I just Lars is an immigrant. I'm always telling everybody. Wow. <laughs> 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 this is the boat that Lars came over. <laughs> there she is, Lars, the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> One day you'll play heavy metal drums in this country. And then Lars daydreams, and the Statue of Liberty is giving him the devil horn fingers. <laughs> yeah. Lars, snap out of it. We've landed in New York. <laughs> Sorry, I just had a vision. I don't know how he talks. Well, I think he moved, his family, or he at least, moved to America to pursue. A tennis career that never never happened, but that's that crazy. inspired the lyrics from one. That. Yep. Darkness imprisoning me. All I see, absolute horror. I cannot serve. I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> it's Double fault. Yeah. But yeah, if if it weren't for the sport of tennis, which is you know perceived as a quite hoity-toity elite sport, mm. we wouldn't have the greatest darn metal band in the world. Wow, and you know what? I'm reading here. His grandfather was a big tennis player, too. And you're right, Mike. He moved to L.A. at 16 to train professionally for tennis. Damn. I would love to see a like HBO 16? series called Young Lars that is all the life of Lars Ulrich before Metallica, where he's just involved in the tennis scene. Yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. I'm surprised Metallica never used tennis as a theme in any of their, <laughs> in any of their albums. I actually don't really know. They came up a couple episodes, too. They were because they had the call of Cthulhu. Yes, but really, their their lyrics are kind of ambiguous, and that's why it, it, when you do start realizing what Ender Sandman's about, you're like, "What? Just going to fucking bed?" <laughs> <laughs> and I have to. <laughs> they don't have a huge motive like Metallica, <laughs> right? Like I theme. see. I see. Like, yeah. here's our here's our big chance. Either this album breaks us, or we remain a cult band, so we got to come out with a heavy-hitting song. Yeah. Let's do a song about how scary it is to go to sleep. <laughs> what is nobody like? Going to bed. Yeah. Um, what, what about Bastard Puppets, though? That's about uh, James Hetfield's alcoholism. And, and yet really? he still had yeah, alcoholism. They, yeah, the song forever. was fucking bullshit. Well, huh. Under the Bridge was about in Nikitas' heroin, but then he still did heroin after that, too. It just guys. allowed him to buy more, guys. better heroin. Hmm? It gave him more money to buy better quality yeah. heroin. <laughs> Under the bridge downtown. Cha-ching. Have been so <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, Anthony Kiedis's skin would be like a, a, a horse uh, saddle. Like... Don't you feel like he's worn, been shirtless too much? And his, his skin is baked in the sun yes. and become hard and sort of uh, um, leathery. Yeah, yes. he overdid it. Yeah. Put well, on a shirt. Well, one day, the three of us got to get in a plane to fucking L.A., <laughs> find Anthony Kiedis and touch his body. <laughs> I, yeah, I would. All Can I just say uh, that Flea retweeted me today oh, on yeah, Twitter? That is actually... Tremendous! I saw that on my phone. I was as I was walking up into Chris's mm-hmm. uh, condo, yeah, and I thought this is huge. Yeah, why don't you talk about it, Chris? What did you you, you tweeted at Flea? Well, I've been going through a phase for somehow <laughs> I got back into Rancid because I liked them a lot as a teen, but I stopped listening to them. So I was like, oh, I wonder what their other stuff is like. So I got back into Rancid for a sec, and 
I, I, they're it's great. They write really great songs. But then also I noticed like, man, they would not have their own original sound if it wasn't for Matt Freeman on the bass. That guy is a master on the bass. The bass lines to their songs, starting from Operation Ivy all the way through Rancid. Like what a signature sound with those walking bass lines, so fast, so technical. And uh, then I saw. Flea tweeted, so then I instantly was like, hey, Flea, what do you think about Matt Freeman from Rancid as a bassist? <laughs> and he responded that he loves him and he loves Rancid and he thinks his bass playing is beautiful. And he quote tweeted me to say that. That's, That's a big deal. Cool. So two bass playing heroes of mine got a nice shout out on Twitter. You might have, and you know what? I bet the Rancid guy will see that and be like, whoa, that's sick. Maybe we should get Matt Freeman on an episode of, or Flea? Well, I put, I screen grabbed the tweet and put it on my instagram story and added rancid and flea on it so maybe rancid for sure someone in rancid will probably see it rancid social media runner like whatever intern yeah hello rancid here they'll see it they won't give it they won't kyle please hold yeah they'll see it thank you for calling rancid please hold all of Um, our lines are very busy right now but rancid (laughs) cannot wait to get your but i also want to say too i also want to say too if flea ever listens to this in my stand-up special that's coming out next year on crave i have a joke about i'm doing i'm eating a big bag of chips and anthony (laughs) kiedis is doing heroin beside me (laughs) and i say anthony don't and then he does heroin and then i say anthony give it away now and then that's a big joke (laughs) but i don't mean to hurt anthony kiedis's feelings you know like if you think about when you're a 14 year old 13 14 year old boy Mm -hmm. and you love a band so much and then there's so much press about them being heroin addicts that kind of sticks with you it makes you feel weird about the band you love so it's clearly impacted me i will say also it's it was unexpected to learn that the Red Hot Chili Peppers were heroin addicts because they had so much bouncy energy. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's true. You, so, you associate heroin mm. with like slow, like Seattle music. You know, all the grunge people, very <laughs> yeah. slow, muddy stuff. Wet these sweaters. Chili Peppers are jumping around. Barry Manilow, yeah. sort of slow moving music. <laughs> yes. um, yep. Celine Dion. Yep. But the chilies. They're suntanned. They're mu- yeah. they were muscular. They were jumping yeah. and bopping and fucking. They're, they're not even wearing pants. They have socks over their penises. Yeah, that takes a You're lot of really planning. Right, and I think that's why I felt like I could make a joke about Anthony Kiedis because he's not only persevered through heroin addiction and had a great successful life, but the whole way along, he seems to be up for anything and touring yeah. and creating so much music like. It's. It seemed to like. So if you're a kid and you're like wa- loving the Red Hot Chili Peppers and learning about all the heroin they did too, is that you're like, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing great. <laughs> I, I actually remember seeing the Red Hot Chili Peppers being interviewed on Much Music by Erica M. Um, actually, it was later than that, but uh, I love Erica Sukian. Rick could the have Temp been, could have been Rick the Temp. Could have okay. been Sukian. Okay. And. They were. It was like they had. They had. You know, people in the studio asking them questions. You know, like fans, and some some kid asked him about drug. About asked John Frusciante about drugs. Oh no! And it, and it was clear that like. And whole, it was around blood sugar sex magic. No, time? it was like Californication. Oh okay. And it seemed like the hosts had an idea that he's going to say don't do drugs because I think he was clean now. And I remember that some kid asked a question about drugs or something, and John Frusciante was like, you know what? Try drugs, don't try drugs, try drugs, it's all great, man. Like something kind of like that. And you could see the host being like, Ugh, 
shit. <laughs> he basically just encouraged this kid to do drugs. I feel like I have read about John Fruscianti saying, like, clearly he got artistic growth out of doing the drugs. But then when you see videos he of him from the mid nineties, seems a little for from them. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, he got like facial reconstruction surgery. <laughs> yeah, I mean, new teeth. Like, there's a downside. I think he was uh, there. Navarro as well is a guy who uh, is, he's a different face than he used to. Really? Um, yeah. Is that true? Is that up. because yeah. of drug addiction? Well, I think I don't know if it's because Plastic of that. Surgery or just he, addiction. He wanted to look better after uh, you know the the years had maybe been a little. Started to take their toll on his face. Speaking of Jane's addiction, and we are way into my wheelhouse now, which is embarrassing. <laughs> but Perry Farrell's face too. He got lots of plastic surgery. Yeah. There's, oh, there's well. a whole yeah. A whole group of those guys have new faces. You know who got them? The Sandman. After they went to sleep. <laughs> Say your prayers, little one. This won't hurt a bit. You're gonna look great when this is. The done. Chili Peppers have a have a group a band meeting. Guys, okay, we Dave Navarro went to sleep last night, and now he woke up like this. What's going on? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, there's like, ding dong, James Hatfield? You've been visited by the Sandman. <laughs> Say your prayers, little one. We're going to change your nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andrew Sandman is about getting knocked out just before <laughs> facial surgery. <laughs> yeah. my, uh, my mom got very into the Dave Navarro reality show, Inked. <laughs> During this was very unexpected. It was when like during the lead up to the 2016 election, and then when Trump won, my mom was so like the news made her feel so crazy and anxious that she stopped watching the news and would just like tune out and watch reality shows like cooking shows. And then she got very into Inked with Dave Navarro. That's great. And she would refer to him as like. So I was watching Inked the other night, and guess what Dave did? She would just called him <laughs> Dave. <laughs> That's Dave, cute. man. The guy yeah. who uh, came up with that great guitar lick, been caught stealing. <laughs> Do you think it's kind of funny, Mike, because um, I feel like, you know, you're you're not like super into like trash TV or what, like, you know, current TV, I whatever. Like Bobby Flay. Well, I was international because I was going to say it'd be kind of funny <laughs> if your mom was a little more up on like what's what, you know, people are watching right now because then you <laughs> she loves Big Brother. <laughs> she loves Inked. Uh, Tim and Sid, when that was on the she sports would show, Tim I know and Sid, that the two sportsmen on for six hours a day. <laughs> I love that. And it was just Did two... she like sports or just Tim and Sid? Um, she ambiently likes hockey and baseball, but yeah, yeah. I love that. But Tim and Sid was just like two nerds in a studio for like fourteen hours <laughs> like a breaking day, breaking down like yeah. Peyton Manning's pass, you know, rating. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. Since we just went down memory lane with music, do you want to talk about like the Blue Jays or something, James? <laughs> yeah, I, I do love the Blue Jays. They're doing great. They're doing great. Doing great. Uh, we're down to the wire here. <laughs> it's September 21st, the day that we're recording this. we got uh, under two weeks left of the season. We're a half game up in the Yankees as I say this. I pray to God by this time this episode gets released, we're, uh, we're in the wild card. How many games have you seen <clears throat> this season since they returned right here to play games in Toronto? I've seen two. Okay. And uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, they've limited capacity because of COVID. So you go and you think, oh, okay, there'll be lots of space. It's like a 50,000-seat stadium, and there's, they're only selling 15,000 seats. <clears throat> but then when you go in, they just kept 15,000 seats together, and the rest of the stadium's empty. So it's, yeah, like, why? not at all, <laughs> like, 
It's exactly the same as it was. There's just empty sections you don't go in. Why did they do that? Because they can sell them. My guess is that this was the law, and then they went, well, it's like easier for us if, well, they probably want to sell the expensive seats. Is what but I does guess. COVID go in those sections, the empty ones? <laughs> yeah, I know. Apparently they have no COVID sections, so like COVID just doesn't go in them. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> I know they have a peanut-free section they usually really? sell. Each game has like, I don't know, 100 seats. They're like, this is absolutely peanut-free, and they'll sell out. As soon as the season t- wow. like tickets are available. Popcorn Pete. Oop. <laughs> I'm so used to saying peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> Popcorn Pete. <laughs> no, no. Popcorn bottles of my piss. You know, you know what I did see at the Jays? When I went to the Jays game a week ago, uh, I went to... Actually, Dave Darylaney asked me, and he, you know, our friend, yeah. to go. And we went, and uh, <clears throat> we're sort of by the out, you know, down the, down the first baseline toward the outfield. And a foul ball comes down, down the field. And, you know, there's these ball boys. Yeah. And he was sort of like, a, yeah, I don't know, a bit of a nerdy-looking, yeah, maybe 19-year-old, like kind of, a, kind of a dorky-looking guy, but seemed very nice. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's <clears> the way to get a, to impress all the ladies. Well, to Mike, you're going to be surprised where this you know? story goes. Okay. So he gets a ball rolling down to him. And, you know, often they give it to someone in the crowd. And there's like there are kids around and stuff, and he does not give it to a kid, and he walks out of his way many steps over toward Dave and I, and there was a woman sitting near us, who you know mm-hmm. I'm going to say had a sexy vibe. She yeah. was wearing a tank top. She was um, mm-hmm. attractive, yeah. yeah, and almost like she was da- dressed for going out to a club or something. Mm-hmm. I would say, mm-hmm. and um, anyway. He goes out of his way to give it to this woman, and then on his walk back to his bench, all these guys near us like were giving him the business because they're like, "What's wrong with you?" What did they say? Do you remember anything? Just like, "Oh, giving it to the hot chick, huh?" <laughs> and he was kind of like, "What? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do we do? I'm a virgin." <laughs> it did kind of seem like that. What do you want me to do? I'm horny. So what? <laughs> uh, blow what it out you your want ass. Me to do? I'm horny, huh? Hey. <laughs> What am I going to do? Give it to you guys? You guys suck. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do? Have sex with you guys? No. Yeah, come on. Uh, kiss yeah. my ass. Uh. <laughs> yeah. You guys want me to give you guys the baseball? I'm not gay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give it to the fucking kid instead of the hot lady. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the baseball. I know. It was kind of like... She talks like Marilyn Monroe, like talking to the president. Did she throw it back with her phone number on it? <laughs> no. And, he uh, could have given her 20 baseballs. She wasn't going to mm. give him uh, her phone number. Exactly. Sure. He's Did a she? fool. How old was he? Like 16? He was like 18, 18. 17. Exactly. Like he doesn't know how it goes Was yet. she even like, what the hell are you giving this to me for? You no. think you stand a chance? Yeah, right. No. Look, ball boy, here's the trick, kid, if you're listening. You give the baseball to one of the kids, then they're so happy, and the babe sees you That's do exactly that. exactly right. You don't give the babe the ball, you, you goddamn just, idiot. You, you basically find just... a child near a babe, yes. and yeah. you are kind to that child. The yeah. babe sees you be kind to a child. Yeah. She knows yes, you, have... you can look at the babe and wink and smile at her as you <laughs> yeah. give the ball to the child. Yeah. yeah. And you can whisper to the in the child's ear as you hand it the, the baseball, you say... I. Get a load of that babe up in the yeah, in the yeah. stands. I think I think she likes me, and this is this is good that we're spending time together. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Now hug me and tell me I'm like an angel. <laughs> <laughs> what? You heard me? Just help me, help me out. <laughs> I will punch you. <laughs> yeah. Say I'm an angel from the outfield. <laughs> tell the babe I'm a, an angel from heaven. <laughs> 
Tell them, yeah. Yell out loud, proclaim, I made your day. (laughs) Now say that your parents just died in a car accident. (laughs) (laughs) He starts pimping the kid out to say the biggest story ever so he could get laid from... Like 1950s Hollywood <laughs> Marilyn Monroe types. <laughs> like yeah, she's so sultry. Like, yeah. thank you. For she's like Jessica phone. Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> Look at that ball boy. <laughs> Before we move on to our topic this episode, we should mention to everybody that we have a Patreon account. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, put it together, and then Patreon. Oh, that was kind of a rough one. Um, (laughs) That's right. If you go to patreon.com slash evilman, first of all, check out the page. Just admire the website. There are nice graphics. The the font is interesting. We got a real good web designer to create the page. Uh, They, I guess it was Patreon that did it. Yeah, Yeah, but still they're good. Yeah. And anyway, if you do some clicking on there for $5 a month, you can uh, subscribe, help us achieve our goal of, I don't know, trying to live off this. And <laughs> in return, you also get a, a bonus episode. I mean, we've been pretty much been putting out bonus episodes every week. Every couple weeks. Every yeah. week We're or every two good. weeks. Yeah. And, We're giving uh, you the goods. Yeah. yeah. It's, they're really, some really funny episodes. A lot of episodes where we're just t- chatting, having fun. It's not really about an evil man. Yeah. Um, people really like it. But who else gives you that inside peek? And the thing is, is we're trying to make money to, to, like, not only do we want a vacation in Hawaii, probably Maui, but we don't even have bathing suits yet. So we're really <laughs> starting from scratch. Yeah, and we've got like, beautiful ideas of different yeah. types of bathing suits that we want, but yeah. we can't afford an individual bathing suit yet. So Let's we're starting a, from the bottom. Yeah, we don't, we don't, yes, exactly. We, we have one bathing suit. I mean, I don't want to get And it was too my dad's. It. Yeah, and we've been sharing it, and it's not, it's not good. No, Basically, so. James's dad gave us his old Tommy Bahama bathing suit. <laughs> Uh, and like how when you open a store and you put your own $5 bill in the tip jar to get customers going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah he, that's his uh, contribution. So yeah. uh, anyway, check it out. It is, we're, there's uh, great stuff on our Patreon feed. Oh, he wants it back too. <laughs> Guys, let's talk about our topic this week. Is it juicy? Yes. Yes, it is juicy. Uh, our topic this week, our evil man this week, is a guy called Martin Shkreli. Shkreli. How do you say it? So it's not Shkreli. Fuck. I, I, I looked up how to pronounce his name, and I, I already forget. I think it's Shkreli. I'm just going to say Shkreli. Say Shkreli, but it's got an H in there. Shkreli. But it's yeah. Shkreli, I think. I'm going to say Shkreli. <clears throat> uh, Martin Shkreli is a rap-loving former hedge fund manager who became infamous for jacking up the price of a drug called... Dara Prim. In 2017, the BBC called him the most hated man in America. Do you remember Martin Scrooge? How could Does you he forget? Ring a, he was yeah. known as the Pharma Bro. I remember. He's got that smarmy look on his face. He's, uh, he looked very smug, and uh, he, yeah, he's a very, uh, you know that term people say, that's a very punchable face. He really did. He there was a period there where he really embodied, like, um, 
you know, you wanted to direct all your anger at your life and the world basically right into his damn face. He was like the embodiment of like uh, the worst aspects of, of Wall Street, just like in yes. a like a Wall Street villain, like from uh, from the eighties or something. We and have. it appeared to me during during that time that he enjoyed um, being the focal point for everybody's ire. He liked being a little. A little bastard. Yeah, he, he really did. Well, I'll give you guys a little uh, a little rundown of who he is and why people... I'm like... getting mad, though, just even hearing oh, about Michael, him. Michael, Michael! Uh, oh, be careful. He's probably the richest troll. Would that make sense? Yes, it would. Yeah. <clears throat> the highest paid tr- internet troll. Pretty much. Um, okay, so he's uh, born in New York, 83. Okay. About my hey, age. fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that's the new New York State license plate? Really? A eh? fuck <laughs> you. You should say the Empire State. Now it says, hey, fuck you. Fuck yeah. you looking at. <laughs> um, nah, just kidding. We're all in this together. <laughs> 9-11. Um, uh, do you, uh, now what would you guys guess uh, his, his, <laughs> what would you guess? 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Australia is behind 9-11. Well, we may discover that. You, you don't know. Sorry. Um, you probably think he had a rich upbringing or something. Um, I, I would assume. He yeah. didn't. He didn't. So maybe this, this endears you to him a little bit. Okay. He wasn't a trust fund kid or anything. His parents were Albanian and Croatian immigrants who worked as janitors. So he truly was a, started from nothing. Money he wise. crawled his way to the top. Pretty much. So he com- he comes up from, uh, from Balkan descent. Yeah, near well, you no. no, you're not Balkan. No, I'm, I'm not sorry, Balkan. Michael. Sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's. I, I don't understand how this happened. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> <laughs> so he's in high school, Martin, and then he gets an internship at a hedge fund. Now I'm kind of over here going. That clearly seems like a great step to becoming a rich guy. How the hell do you pull that off? You're in high school, you get an internship at a hedge fund. So was he like a little a little businessman? It seems like because that, that seems yeah. like you go out of your way to get. Although yeah. if you're in New York, maybe it's easy to intern at a Wall Street place or something. Maybe it is. Well, I don't know. He he um he became a financial analyst and started his own hedge fund at 23. Pretty good. Okay. So, are you guys interested in knowing what a hedge fund is? Because I didn't know. I don't know what that goddamn. Yeah, very. Is. I've read about it like three different times. Yeah, and I still can't explain it fully. I don't think. I know. I I uh, me neither. But I, I looked it up, and a hedge fund are basically just companies that make investments. So you know, you'd give a company some money, and then they invest it for you, and here's the money you made. You know. Right. So um, the thing about hedge funds is they're not allowed to have more than a hundred investors. And they're not allowed to take on any investors with less than $5 million in wealth. So basically, hedge funds gather large piles of money from very wealthy institutions or individuals. Okay. And then they invest on their behalf. But that's why you always hear of like, ooh, sexy, wealthy hedge fund. Because it's like right. investment groups for really rich groups or people. And I always doing... hear that they're sexy, yeah. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're super, like people are always sort of like uh, having sex and talking about <laughs> hedge funds. So he was doing this... At the age of 23. Yeah, started his own. How do you convince a bunch of wealthy guys in New York when you're a kid uh, just to give you $5 million or whatever? I don't know. He must be really smart. Maybe he's got charisma. Well, 
as we'll see later on, yeah. I think he actually may have a strange kind of charisma, at least to some people. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say all of the people, all the men we've featured on this podcast have one thing in common, uh, and that is they have an extraordinary amount of charisma. Maybe we are the evil men because we're all just this podcast is about us lashing out at people that have more charisma than us. It, there is a bit of a theme where almost everyone we've talked about is way more successful. Yes. And charming. And even more John, charming and even, more ambitious. John Wayne Gacy was even more financially stable than I think any of us will <laughs> ever be. And after he had been to jail. <laughs> he like worked two jobs. Yeah, and, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. So, uh, Screlly, he's 23, he's, he's uh, doing great uh, money-wise, he's starting his hedge fund, and uh, he, he, he does do some fishy stuff, though. He gets investigated a couple times by the Securities and Exchange Commission. Uh, you know, they're kind of on to that he's doing some sketchy investing stuff, uh, but he doesn't, doesn't get in trouble. And, uh, for example... Who's on to him? Uh, like the the government basically. Oh, like, okay. Hey, you're 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 sketchy with how you're doing investments and everything. Yeah, I'll, I'll I was just s- gonna say because if it's the hedge fund guys, they wouldn't care. No, they they're all that. like that. Shoot. Yeah. Um, here's an example of of like bad stuff he was doing. Um, in 2011, he wanted to short sell a company's stock, and basically, short selling is when you it's complicated, but you borrow a stock, you sell it at one price. You hope that price goes down, and then you buy it again at a lower price. It's kind of confusing to understand, but people basically make money off it, like uh, by hoping a, a stock goes down. Um, so Martin was trying to short sell the stock of a company that was making a new cancer diagnostic device. So he st- he kept filing requests with the FDA to reject this cancer device, <laughs> and because of the kerfuffle he made. The stocks of this company dropped, and he did make money. And the company had a lot of trouble launching their product. So you can see at an early age, he has no qualms about doing the right thing. He's just like, oh, I'll make money if this cancer thing. He seems to have a thing for picking bad diseases and trying to uh, make money off of them. Now, did I'm going to guess that what he did there with this cancer diagnostic device was illegal, and that's why the SEC was uh, um, on his, his butt? I believe, I think that was like, um, right. One of many, there were a lot of uh, things he did that were really boring, so right. I didn't even bother writing down. But I think that was probably one right. of the types of things he did that was getting invest. He was getting a reputation as being unethical right. and uh, being investigated. Um, okay, so Screlly creates a new company uh, and it invests in a bunch of biotech stuff. Um, but again, for his shenanigans, he gets fired by the board a couple years in, um, and during his tenure. As CEO of this company he made, uh, the company's employees used alias Twitter accounts to make gangster rap jokes and encourage the short selling of other biotech stocks. And that the other people in the company were like, this is really bad and unethical, and that's how, why they kicked Screlly out. Screlly out. Um, so he focused on medical stuff. For yeah, like some, go- like, I, mean, I, I guess it's smart I in guess America. He felt like, yeah, this is how to make money. And he was just doing like whatever he could to make money out of ethics. Right. Be damned. You see sick people that absolutely need medicine, and you think, cha ching, make money, money. (laughs) You hear someone to a hospital, (laughs) and you see these poor sick people and their families, and yeah, you just think, cha ching. Yeah. You're sick. Yeah. Anyway, so um, in 2014. 
he uh, raised some money and he bought rights to a drug called teopronin, which treats a rare disease called cystinuria. Anyway, so Martin buys this the rights to this drug, and he raises its price from a dollar fifty a pill to thirty dollars a pill. Now this isn't even the famous one. And this what does is this pro- drug do, or who uses it? It helps drug? a disease called cystinuria. But patients had to take 10 to 15 pills of these a day, and he's raising the price from $1.50 to 30 bucks. So already he's kind of being a total shithead. Okay, So, so he's probably killed people. Yeah. Inadvertently. Like, I imagine what? people, there are people who are like, you know, shit, I can't. Or, or at the very least, bankrupting people to what stay What is cystisteria? You're, it- oh, you're asking the wrong <laughs> damn guy. I'll look it up. How do you say it? <clears throat> it's... Uh, it's called cystinuria, C-Y-S-T-I-N-U-R-I-A. Amino acid me- metabolic disorder that involves the formation of cysteine stones in the kidneys, ureter, and bladder. Oh, so it makes it hurt to, to piss. Okay, so after that, Martin acquires an anti-malaria drug called <laughs> Daraprim for $55 million. And this could be used to treat malaria, but also... Uh, it was helpful for HIV patients. So he's doing quite well at this point. Yeah, he just keeps... I guess he just pitches to big... To, like, funds and stuff. Hey, give me money. I'm going to buy this drug, and then we'll, make, right. we'll raise the price of the pill, and then we'll all make money. Okay. Anyway, so almost immediately, Martin raises the price of the pill by a factor of 56. Mm-hmm. So he takes the price of a Daraprim pill for one pill... From $13.50 a pill to $750 a pill. (laughs) So it makes you think that the price of medicine is completely arbitrary or, you know, inflated just obviously to make people like this guy rich. Like, Mm -hmm. it is totally possible to make all medicine like 50 cents a pill. Yes, and and there are some yeah. people that think that Screlly was also basically like kind of just a fall guy for how all these big pharma companies I mean, the whole industry act do that. anyways. Yeah, like he just got busted for being an outright outgoing asshole. Like how is Pfizer? Like all the all the companies that got these huge contracts for the COVID vaccine are basically did the same thing that this one guy did, but because he is such a villain, everyone's like fuck. You. Fuck him. And I read that he would yeah. look for medicine that treated, like, very rare diseases. Oh, God. Be- and, like, sort of because other big pharmaceutical companies, like, like they wouldn't, like, say he raises the price of a pill to $750. Well, there's maybe another company that's, uh, that's kind of like, oh, why don't we just make it cheaper? Like, you know, let the market decide, you know? Yeah. But because they would be, like... For such rare diseases, other other big companies wouldn't bother. They'd be so like, he'd basically find a disease that he could have a monopoly on. Pretty much, he's like yeah. a like a like a fan of rare records. Sure, where, you know you're willing to pay whatever to get you know exactly uh, or, or an people, antique or pe- hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you uh, boost picker. the price. <laughs> yeah, kind of, it's kind of charming in a way. Wow, you have cisternia. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I gotta get a copy of that and just. <laughs> Destroy you. I'm hearing you to say that he raised the price from what one dollar to from thirteen dollars to seven hundred and fifty. Makes me think of the famous phrase: "Take two of these and call me in the morning." Now, if it had been thirteen dollars a pill, that would be take two of these. That's twenty six dollars. Call me in the morning. So you know it's doable. 
Take two of these for $750 each, though. You're looking at $1,500. You know? I mean, that's literally... You take, you know... That's, a, that's an all-inclusive vacation to Cuba. <laughs> yes. You yeah. know, I remember when I was a kid, I loved Mad Magazine. And it took me a lot to save up the dollar twenty-five to go down to the store and get the Mad Magazine. <laughs> but I did, you know, I'd, I'd save up, do chores, and maybe every now and then look at my mom's fur coat pockets for some extra change <laughs> and go down and get a Mad Magazine. But I remember, I always remember the time, the very last time I ever bought a Mad Magazine... I went to the store, and it went from $1.25 to $750. (laughs) And I was like, Mad Magazine, you're fucked. You're trying to jack little kids that need this. (laughs) But you needed it, right? So you still had to buy it. I needed it, yeah. And I I, luckily, I scrounged up enough change, but that was the last one. And then I died. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, Chris, it's so funny you say that story because it's really similar to... The story of Martin Screlly. It reminded me of it, yeah. So is there no regulatory body that's like, you can't make a life-saving medicine, you can't make it unaffordable, like, there's no check and balance, obviously, in in the American uh, medical community. I mean, I'm certainly not an expert, but it really doesn't seem that way. Okay, that's good. It seems like it's purely just left to the market, and he found an inefficiency kind of in the market where... Well, that's good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, hey, business. Like, he basically was like... Hey, I could really jack the prices of these drugs. People have to buy them, and um, yeah. no one else is going to bother competing with me. So, because yeah. it's a small, rare disease, so yeah. Easy. Here's the thing that confuses me the most about people like Screlly and others who work in the big pharma industry. You're making meta- you're manufacturing and selling medication that sick people and families desperately need to either get better or just stay alive um so i always thought that those people would be very altruistic and uh the reason to get into that industry is to help people and make them feel better and uh so i really don't get getting into that industry to just jack the price and basically murder sick people (laughs) i i it's it's gone a long way from the like small town down home American town with the kindly pharmacist who gives you your medicine and a lollipop. And that'll be $13,000. Here's a lollipop, you little shit. I hope you get fucking and die. No, don't put that part in. I mean, that's basically what he uh, he ended up doing, March Carter. Yeah, here's a lollipop, you little shit. Now, I weirdly, once I watched, uh, I saw that he was doing a weird, like, stream on the internet and answering questions and he was really weird in it and like being kind of a troll and I did see him sort of defend it by being like you know well insurance really covers most of it like I guess he had some kind of you know if he's building insurance companies good but it it probably wasn't yeah Yeah, he's not Robin Hood over here no um so when uh when this big price hike happened (laughs) It became a big story. We probably all remember this, you know. Um, Martin got criticized by the HIV Medicine Association, and later Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, even Donald Trump, even Trump okay. criticized this guy, and he's all about capitalism. Yeah. So the story blew up, and uh, Martin got asked to speak before the House Committee, and he defended himself, and he defended the price hike by saying, "Hey." 
if there was a company that was selling an Aston Martin at the price of a bicycle and we buy that company and ask and we ask to charge Toyota prices, I don't think that should be a crime. So in his mind, he's like, hey, this is a high quality, top of the line pill. Yeah. And it's at low quality pill prices. And just like an Aston Martin, it's the kind of, you know, uh, yeah, it's totally, toy. Buying yeah. HIV medication is the same as buying a recreational vehicle yes. to like maybe have a midlife crisis in. Yes. It's the like same that. medication that James Bond <laughs> <laughs> needed to take in all his early Sean Connery films. Yeah, it's the same as like going on a really uh, extravagant cruise. Miss Money Penny, I can't afford my medication. <laughs> banana, boom, banana, banana. I'm sick. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, I'm slow but to understand things, but I don't understand. He jacked the price from thirteen fifty or whatever you said to seven hundred and fifty. Yeah, a pill. Yeah, how is he justifying that? That is, he's giving you still good prices on a on a valuable pill. I don't really get that. I mean, and also I want to say Trump probably called him out on it because not because of ripping patients off, but because it wasn't too as tactful as it could have been done. Because <laughs> yeah, Trump seems true. a bit more. Well, you know what's probably true is that probably companies and people jack it up all the time for this exact reason. They just mm-hmm. aren't as brazen, like, you, like you're implying. Yeah. You know, if he jacked it from $13 to $40, I'm sure he still would have made tons of money and it wouldn't have been a story. But that brazenness, like you're talking about, is what made him uh, dig, his, dig into being a villain. Yes. Because it's like, what are you going to do, bitch? Yeah. Basically, He probably literally said that all yeah. the time. in like... In court, he, probably, <laughs> yeah. But this is this is the story that made him a inter, like a international sensation. Yes. As like he's the number one villain, and yeah. Um, so now know. things are blowing up on the right. internet. It's like pharma bro, and you know yes. people hate this fucking guy. Um, now eventually he gets arrested by the FBI for securities fraud. So it, I don't know this, but it kind of seemed to me almost like you can't arrest him for the price hike. So. I don't know. I felt like they were trying to find something to arrest him. I mean, he was doing other sketchy stuff, too. Uh, but uh, prosecutors say Screlly engaged in multiple schemes to ensnare investors through a web of lies and deceit. <laughs> and Martin defended himself by saying he was targeted by the police for his price hikes of uh, the drug Daraprim and for his flamboyant personality, which is probably true. But you know right. what? I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Now... How much was he worth at this time? Like, cause I know. Uh, yes, that's a great. He's successful, question. but was he like a hundred millionaire, five hundred like million dollars? Like, how much? Uh, at least like tens of millions. Right. At, I I think like at least. Because if I were him, I would make a ton of money off this HIV medication, yeah. and I'd cash out and you know go retire in uh, you know Cuba, Wasega Beach. Wasega Beach. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. isn't that the American dream? You make money by ripping off sick people, then you go and buy a boat. Yeah. yeah. You do wonder. I mean, once you make a certain amount of money, it, it clearly is never enough, I guess. But yeah. it's where I sit now, God, if you just were like, "Here's ten million dollars," I'd be like, "See ya." We yeah. Should, the we- American dream is literally to step all over everybody that gets close to you. 
Yep. Leave a bunch of dead, sad, poor people in your wake. Yep. And then, yeah, go fishing off the coast of Key Largo. <laughs> Key Largo, Montego, maybe one. Yeah. We'll hack the price <laughs> of a very rare and life-saving drug. <laughs> I, yeah, a lot of people don't know this, but the uh, Mike Love-led Beach Boys hit Kokomo yeah. is actually a, a checklist for where gangsters and schemers can retire to. <laughs> After successfully committing their crimes. Uh, we'll get there faster if we don't give a shit. <laughs> um, so when Screlly was, uh, tr- they were having a trial for him, it was really hard to select an unbiased jury. Oh, right, because everyone hated him, right? Yeah. Everyone be- who was, like, Exactly. And um, potential jurors were quoted as saying, quote, I'm aware of the defendant, and I hate him. <laughs> another guy said, quote, he kind of looks like a dick. And another, a juror? A potential juror? Yeah. I can't do this, Your Honor. He looks like a dick. <laughs> and another guy said, quote... I'm going to say that for any jury duty I get asked to do, <laughs> yeah. no matter what the crime is. You want to get out of it? He looks like a dick. Yeah. I'm biased. This old lady looks like a dick. <laughs> Your Honor, she's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and another another guy said he disrespected the Wu Tang Clan, which we will talk about. So, okay, so he's just to be clear, he's not on trial at this point for jacking the price no, of this drug. It's no, for that was fine. other financial crimes. Yeah, that it was are, for like right. weird other right. shit. He's clearly up to up to no good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, in 2017, the trial found Screlly. Guilty on two counts of securities fraud, and he got a seven-year sentence and had to forfeit more than $7.3 million in assets, although I still think he had a lot more. Right. Damn. $7.3 million. So he's, he's in jail. And how old was he at this, t- at this time? Because he's um, not that, that old even now. He was about 34. Okay. All right. Yeah, young, that's young for jail. That's mm-hmm. a nice age to go to jail, though, because when yeah. you get out in seven years, you're still not too old. Uh, that's know? right. Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with being 40. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so, um, now you guys know about this. There was a crazy story with Mr. Screlly where, um, a reporter who was covering him fell in love with him. I remember this, uh, yes, vaguely happening. Um, yeah, a journalist named Christy Smythe was covering the Screlly story for Bloomberg and she covered the case and broke the news of his arrest. Right. But... Over the course of nine months, like during this time <laughs> in uh, 2018, she quit her job, moved out of her apartment, and divorced her husband to start dating Martin Screlly. Wow. She basically gave up everything to be with him. He's in jail at this time. She froze her eggs to have kids with him <laughs> after he got out of jail. Mm-hmm. Hey, baby, freeze your eggs. I'll uh, boost the price of them, and you can sell them for uh, $100 million each. <laughs> yeah, that probably. seems like... Pr- he just... Mu- <sighs> The charisma thing, again, must be just and if confidence. Yes. And we all have seen this guy. Maybe you've seen videos of him. Uh, you know, his his charisma is not necessarily extremely evident when you see him. No. Like, you know what I mean? He just No, seems he's like, not like Ted Bundy smiling at the cameras. No. But, well, this, so, and this Oh, he does have a smile, though, but it looks like... The most shit-eating grin, like you know ever. what? Maybe it's it's like uh, you know sometimes people are drawn to people who are mean to them or mean yeah. like are yeah. we just as a society drawn to someone who's like yeah. he doesn't give up 
bleep. It's like that song, The yeah. Leader of the Pack, where everyone's telling the girl, oh, <laughs> no, this guy is no good for you. He's yeah. a bad guy. And she's like, no, he's actually very nice. You need to wear more makeup. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> freezer eggs, you little shit. <laughs> hey, 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 you, freezer eggs. <laughs> I'm going to turn your eggs into kids. Freeze your eggs, freeze your eggs, freeze your eggs. So did their entire relationship start while he was already in jail? I and she was profiling him? Th- no, because she broke the news of his arrest. So she fo- went to the trial. She... Yes. yes. Okay, wow. And here's another... She in- was following him then before the arrest, probably. Following the story. Yes. She was, like, writing this big story on him. Gets mm-hmm. It gets to know him, asks some questions. Yeah. Leaves her damn husband and quits her job and wants to marry him. So she probably had feelings brewing even way before jail. Yeah, I guess. How, how does the guy feel? Not, not not to make it about the man, which is like, honey, why are you leaving me? Is there someone else? Yeah. And she's like, yes, th- uh, there is. And like, who? Martin Screlly. And you're yeah. like, oh, get and, out of here. And you know what? <laughs> the husband was probably like, but I'm a bad guy. <laughs> I'll I'll boost some drug prices. And you know what? When she started covering the story, I'm sure they had conversations at the dinner table like, so um, what news story are you working on, babe? Oh, you know that really awful guy that's boosting the prices of that drug and he's like the most hated man in the world? Oh, really him? I hate that guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm writing a story on him. What a scumbag. You know that hot guy that's kind of like... (laughs) Boosting the drugs prices. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> yeah. But honey, don't you remember when I said, I hate cats? <laughs> I'm bad. Honey, uh, have a good day at work. Just remember one thing. Uh, don't fall in love with that guy. <laughs> uh, honey? <laughs> honey, I asked you not to fall in love with Mark Scully. He's banging on the window of the court session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. My wife. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> Let me into this jail. My wife is there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Damn. So, yeah, that would, that would I'm going to say it. That would hurt. And get you this, know? guys, because yeah, it gets even feelings. worse. Shit. So, this reporter, Christy Smythe, revealed uh, her relationship with Martin Screlly in a tell-all article in Elle magazine. Mm. Anyway, Screlly from jail, gets pissed off that she did this, and he broke things off in an apparent snit over the story. Did he have a subscription to Elle magazine <laughs> behind bars? Well, I think that, you know, you go to the bathroom, it's behind the toilet, you give it yeah. a leaf through. So where are her eggs now? That's a great question, and we definitely have to get to the <laughs> They're in the that. jail! <laughs> yeah, the eggs are coming from inside the jail. <laughs> <laughs> she has to buy her eggs back from Martin Strelly. <laughs> 56 times the price. So he's pissed off. He's punching the cell wall like Jake LaMotta in Raging Bull, where he's going, I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. And get, yeah, yeah, exactly. And get this, guys. And, and uh, Screlly broke up with her yeah. via a press statement published by L. For all to see. A lot of L you magazine. You know what? I like that move. He, it, it said in the magazine, quote, Mr. Screlly wishes Miss Smythe the best of luck in her future endeavors. And uh, like he's oof. firing her. Did they even have sex? Or did they? Well, I don't know, but like she started covering visit? this story before he got arrested. So I can only imagine. Would you leave your husband for someone you hadn't had sex can with? I? They probably had a tryst. 
Yeah. My How do I know I want to freeze my eggs for this guy if I don't haven't slept with him yet? Yeah. The thing is, is <laughs> I, I, by the way, I said I like the way he did the open letter to Al to break up with her. Yeah. I don't really like it, but it is a gangster move. Sure. Yeah. It yes. truly is. Uh, you know, they say the ultimate the- alpha move is publishing a statement in <laughs> L magazine. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> We're through. Donald Trump declares. <laughs> um, no, it's true. It, it, what, a, what a millennial thing to do. You know, you break up with someone over text. You break up with someone over a Facebook message. You break up with someone by re- publishing a comment in L. Do you remember yeah. the first time you got dumped through L magazine? I do. Oh, I God. was uh, my high school girlfriend, <laughs> and I uh, couldn't believe she did it, but... In retrospect, whatever. Yeah, I know. I went right to the corner store. It was called Jug City, and I went to Jug City, got a chocolate milk and an L magazine, <laughs> and then that's where I saw the news. Dropped my chocolate milk, spilled all yeah. over. Then I rode my BMX for a while and found a sewer grate to stuff the L magazine down into. <laughs> so I guess Pennywise from It is reading it right now. I actually had a girlfriend from high school break up with me via a statement in uh, the Canadian uh, literature magazine, The Walrus. And you know what? No one knew. I didn't know. I went months without knowing because yeah, it's, it's a, not a very high-read uh, magazine. Not a lot of people read it. Yeah, it makes it hard to enjoy your favorite magazine after you've read that you've been dumped in it. So, yeah, that's know? the shitty thing yeah. is that now she isn't going to enjoy Elle. Yeah, yeah. And that, you did you know... You take that away from someone, fuck you, Martin. That's worse than any goddamn drug price you raised. Yes. Yeah. Here, 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 here. L is, yeah. Um, another weird thing Martin did, uh, he's kind of famous for, like, as I mentioned in the intro, Martin Screlly loves hip-hop. I mean, this guy really loves hip-hop. And to look at him, you wouldn't think that. You know, he's, he's a guy from, of Balkan descent, raised by janitors. <laughs> Not the typical hip hop fan. Yeah, raised by wolves, raised by janitors. Yeah, um, but no, he is. He loves, loves hip hop. And get this, guys. Uh, Screlly won an auction for the Wu Tang Clan, Clan album Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. And I believe this was the album. Weren't they going to like auction off an album and only make mm-hmm. one copy, right? They, I think, yeah, the story so, was they yeah. pressed one. You, you know more about this. No, I don't really, but I love Wu Tang, and I do remember it was a big thing. And it was the ultimate gangster troll move because, yeah, so it was already a big deal that Wu-Tang was auctioning off this one-of-a-kind, sealed-in-a-box album. And so everybody was like, oh, how the, who's going to get the auction? So everybody knew about this. It was a big hype thing that Wu-Tang was doing. Yeah. And then it was when we found out that it was Screlly, it was like, that's the ultimate troll move. What a bastard. And yeah. everybody was genuinely pissed and Wu-Tang announced that they were publicly pissed like right away really and was yeah. this, this did he win the auction and win the record after he had already been in the news for jacking up the price of this the hiv drug was in like- november 2015 and the dara prim stuff was um i think it was after i do yeah. think it was after. he was already known yeah i think he did it from like jail even no, maybe. i think I it was know. i think it was before jail but I, he was already he, he had already yeah been he was already notorious yeah yeah he had already been the news cycle for being farmer bro for sure he yeah. paid two million dollars for the album in the auction it's a troll ass move man he and didn't do it just as a hip hop fan no oh for sure yeah. and well even just doing that period just to enjoy it yourself is really weird mm-hmm. 
right? Yeah, you're all alone. You are definitely one man unto himself yeah. at that point. Like, if you think, like, wonderful, only I can enjoy this music. It's not even like <laughs> a, a, a hamburger that it disappears when you enjoy it. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't diminish your enjoyment to let other people hear it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so then, like, the following October, just before the uh, 2016 presidential election, mm-hmm. Screlly said on his Twitter account, that he would release the album for free download if Donald Trump won the election, and he would destroy it if Hillary won. <laughs> like, you got to think there's a lot of people who are in the Venn diagram of Wu Tang fan, uh, Wu Tang Clan fans, and Donald Trump fans. That you know it crosses over because they're you're like yes, I vote for the guy I like. I get to hear the band I like. Yeah, you know, hundred percent right. Yeah, and Martin did share the the intro. And one track of the album the day after Trump got elected. So he didn't even follow through on it, the son of a bitch. Oh, he didn't do it. I mean, he did a little bit, but... Yeah. Um, did you also know in, uh, in 2016, he announced an offer of $10 million to become the sole owner of Conway, Kanye West's album, The Life of Pablo? He was trying to do it with Kanye, too. I don't think uh, Kanye took him up on it, obviously. Oh, like, let me own the rights of Life like, of Pablo? I, I, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing it was before it got released, and he was like, hey, I'll give you $10 million if only I can hear it. And Kanye didn't think this sounded like an attractive offer. Well, the, he would make easily quintuple the amount if he released it the normal way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that Kanye didn't want to be in cahoots with an evil man back then. Because, like, he just, like, released a new album right now. And the two people he had join him on stage during his like release concert was Marilyn Manson, who's in the news for like a, a huge amount of sexual assault claims. Yeah, and the baby, who just went on like a, who's basically being chastised in the media at the time for homophobic comments. Yes. So Kanye likes a company. <laughs> he likes a sort of edge lord. He likes the company of wolves. <laughs> No, but he le- he does he does he doesn't give a shit if it's like good if it'll be like PR for him not good but any PR. So is um to catch up with Mr. Scrally right now is he okay? He listen, currently- listen. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'll I'll just finish this because I got the info here. So the one of a kind album by the hip hop group Wu Tang, uh, once owned by the notorious farmer bro Martin Scrally, finally was sold. Um, in July of this year, 2021, by the U.S. government, more than three years after Screlly forfeited the album as part of his conviction for securities fraud. So he gave it up for... So yeah. the U.S. government sold a Wu-Tang record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Bing bong. Strange. Tiger style. Yeah. Um, and, and where is Martin Screlly... Currently, is he still in, in damn he's prison? He's still in jail, and he's scheduled to get out in 2023. Just in time okay. for maybe Trump's next um, uh, campaign. I'm hearing rumors that he might be picked as a VP running mate. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Yeah, he could definitely be take uh, Jared Kushner's uh, place as uh, Trump's evil right-hand man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know if Kushner will be back. I don't know. So, yeah, that is pretty much the Martin Screlly info. Um, I wonder if he's having a nice time in prison or who, who his friends are in there. That's a great point. I guess yeah. I would imagine if he does have millions of dollars, <laughs> I guess you'd, you'd find some big, strong guy and go, hey, if I give you a million dollars, would you make sure I don't get beat up? 
Also, That's what I do. Yeah. Can I live on your shoulders? <laughs> like a little <laughs> squirrel? Yeah. Is it Skrull's son? Is it Skrully Skrull's son? That's uh, Wu-Tang. Hey, uh, I picture him in like this weird prison with like weird bad guys from like DC and Marvel Comics. Like an alligator man and like Birdman and yeah, right. you know, all well, these like super when, villains. Like when Batman goes to the Arkham Asylum and he walks through the <laughs> yeah. jail cells and there's all these... Yeah. They're like, hey Batman, remember me from issue 36? <laughs> <laughs> I bit your dick off. Yeah. Shut up, alligator man. <laughs> You'll never see the light of day again. <laughs> It'd be neat if Scrawly came oh, out. Alligator man just went down the toilet. <laughs> Robin, get in the toilet. Oh, man, really? Shut the fuck me. up. <laughs> you heard me, you little shit. All right, all right. Dick. Dick Grayson? Yeah, his name is Dick Grayson. It'd be fun if Martin Shreddy came out of prison and he's just absolutely ripped because he's been working out the entire time he's you know in prison. What? That's actually a great, a great prediction because look at Bezos. Look at all these rich guys. Yeah. They get ripped. Screlly's yeah. getting ripped. That's a good, once he goes, once he, once he starts Screlly. balding and aging, mm-hmm. I predict he'll get ripped. Yeah. That's always the next step. Yeah. You start out a scrawny, uh, pathetic nerd that's uh, um, desiring... Desirous to show the world that you are much better than they think you are. You screw them, you rip them off, you embarrass them, you humiliate them, you get the money, you get the power, and then physically you start building yourself up with like, yeah, health plans, personal trainers, gyms in your giant mansion <laughs> basement. Yeah. Yeah. And then you freaking go to space, I guess. Eat a frozen egg every day for breakfast. Yeah. Your ex girlfriend's frozen eggs on toast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, don't. Isn't that the next step? You go to space for, for like a minute. All these guys want to conquer the planet so bad that they literally, yeah, get jacked and then fly into space for just a little bit just to see the planet bl- completely beneath them. They stick their finger in space and immediately come back to Earth. Yeah, yeah. it's like space you know is what? cold. <laughs> <laughs> if Bezos walked on the moon, it would be sort of like, well. Yeah, credit where credits do, I guess that's pretty impressive. But yeah. I mean, it just seems like he wanted a damn flight that went a bit higher than normal. You're a huge space nut. I am, and you keep up with it. Yeah. I try to, but you're way into it. But so, as evil as say someone Bezos is, basically, and I'm just going by, you know, how he treats his workers for Amazon, and uh, you know, basically the not giving a shit about the environment of the can- planet and stuff. Uh, would you set that aside for his big, like, yeah, strides forward in space travel and stuff? I don't know. I mean, it's sort of tricky, isn't it? I mean, on one hand... Well, I you think, just said if he's walking on the moon, you got to hand it to him. Well, you'd have to hand it to him. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, not really, because it happened already 55 years ago. <laughs> Someone else already that's did it. That's true, but <laughs> that was like uh, two countries going bananas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Versus like... Um, someone just decides to do it. I don't know. They would probably have the tech now to do way more on the moon than Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin had. Anyways, I think they were like one small step for man. One, let's get out of here. We can't stay for that long. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have a computer. Yeah, he would send the first person to uh, download a movie on the moon, and that'd be like yeah, the big thing. Or order an Amazon product on yep. the moon. That'd be cool. Yeah. So, guys, uh, before we wrap this episode up, uh, it's that time again. It's time for us to go into the closet. It's that time of the month. Yeah, we're on our period. And we go into the closet and we reel out the evil speeder. Oh, Oh, careful, James. Lift with your knees. 
Now, uh, you know, um, we rank every person on Evil Men on an evil scale, 1 to 10, 10 being the most evil. The old Urkel to Hitler scale, yes. Mike christened it. It was developed years ago in Switzerland, I believe. That's right, in the CERN laboratory. Um, Chris, how would you rate Martin Screlly on the evil scale of 1 to 10? 10. Whoa. You manipulate, uh, you play with people's lives like that for money, eat shit. Wow. Okay. First 10, I think. Think of families. Mm. Think of parents, children, lying in bed. Just like Brian Wilson did. Yeah, but they're not depressed. They've got life-threatening illnesses and people getting bankrupting themselves just to afford the medication to take care of their loved ones. Okay. Go fuck yourself. Wow. The first 10, I think, given on the show. And this one's tough for me because I love I love New York City. I've had many <laughs> wonderful times there. You know, Broadway, uh, Harlem, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, Staten Island. Never never been to Staten Island. But I have to say, even though Martin Scarley comes from New York City, I, I have to agree with Chris. The guy's a, a darn 10 for... Uh, oh, my God. But also, in a way, he he's... If there's if if what he did by jacking up the price of this drug wasn't illegal, it's it's just sort of meant to like what uh, businessmen who want to make money in in healthcare are supposed to just self regulate and and we're supposed to hope that they're nice. Mm-hmm. He just did what was within the law, but because like Chris said, families and people. Got now sick he and did died. he did say just to make it clear he has said. That families will still get it cheaply, you know. Like if they have insurance? No. I think I'm gonna go, there's I'm gonna a Vanity tell you. Fair article where he, he made this claim that, you know, it, it's not actually bad. Like On my own time in the past, I've watched, like, news pieces and read articles about it. And uh, it's really sad once you see first-person accounts from families. And can I ask, mm. so he's a 10... Bad guy, you know, uh, uh, it pains me to say that to a guy from New York from, of Balkan descent. <laughs> did the drug price ever come back down? Did he did he sell off his ownership or whatever control you know, of the drug? No, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't okay. know. I bet when drug prices go up, they very rarely come down, though. Okay, I'm going to give him a 6.8. And I'll tell you why. I like the point eight. That sounds cool. Like Mike said, it's I like think he's a fork. product... Of uh, the American system and a bad, seems like a, a very selfish, uh, moral man, but I don't think he is, you know, he's not up there with the, with the all-timers for me. Like he said, compared the drug to a car, it might as well be cars, might as well be oil, might as well be soybeans. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care what it is. It's just something to make money with. It just happened to be yep. a drug that he found he could sell for a certain price. But But James also mentioned that he would hunt out rare diseases yeah. that he could have the monopoly on the cure of yeah. and then jacked it up exponentially to like an insane like you said jokingly 56 percent. no it wasn't joking oh 56 th- times higher 56 times i mean sorry yeah okay. higher yeah that's insanely evil yeah. what are you talking about he's not just going out and stabbing someone with a knife but he's like ruining all his whole country do you see what I'm saying? Well, I think more that he's taking advantage of a bad system. Yeah. You know, he didn't create the system. The fact that, that's, that he was able to do it legally, it seems, because yeah. he didn't go to jail for this. No. He went to jail for other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yeah. There's no regulatory system 
So you can do it. And I think he was so unpopular. I do think that they were sort of, how can we arrest this guy for, for something? Imagine if he had been just a guy, a very drab businessman in a suit who didn't want to be a troll. This pro- his, That story would never You're so really right. have You're so right. If he was just a like a faceless like GE or something. How many I'm other sure people do that? That's what I'm talking about because yeah. the pharmaceutical yeah. companies yeah. still do this. Yeah. Yeah. They still do. Yeah, he was like memeable or whatever the hell you'd say, you know? Like you'd see the picture of him. And they and love that because then it's like, no, it's one, the, they get to do the one bad apple story. Yeah, you're so right. I just feel sad for uh, his ex-girlfriend who seems to have blown up her life to, uh, to be with him. And then he flipped his lid when he was reading through Elle magazine. <laughs> I hope she's okay. <sighs> the hope her eggs are eggs? okay. We'll mm-hmm. try and do a follow-up in a future episode. Finding we'll, what happened to her eggs. We'll try and we'll try to yeah. get an interview with the fertility doctor. We'll try and get can. an egg. Maybe we'll like an egg. thirty years down the road, we'll do an episode on one of her eggs because it'll have grown up to be an evil man. <laughs> Today's subject is Eggy Junior. <laughs> <laughs> now, very interesting. Eggy Junior, he still looks like an egg, even though he's a man. Yeah. Get cracking. <laughs> Sometimes people grow from eggs. They're still kind of just eggs. They just have arms and legs popping out the sides. Like I a know, darn Humpty right. Dumpty. <laughs> oh my God, that would be wild. They put a hat on. Some people didn't fully develop, so they've just turned into Humpty Dumpty people. You'd see them walking down the street. Don't yeah. hug me. <laughs> oh, it's one of those eggies. Yeah. Science. <laughs> Science did this to me. Uh, well, interesting chats. Um, Thanks for doing such a great job, James. Nope. I learned oh, about you. this guy, and I don't like him at all. And my blood pressure's through the roof right now, and I feel like uh, just you know screaming and swearing and kicking something. Well, Michael, um, I guess you could kick and punch me if you need to get it out <laughs> okay. of your system. Okay, I will. All right. Uh, okay, that's it. Thanks everybody for listening to Evil, Evil Men and sometimes Boys. <laughs> That's good. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 